Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. And help me welcome our online campus, if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Hey, and how about a great big welcome to our East Campus today. Come on, give them a great big welcome. God bless you guys. Let's have a good church today. You may be seated. And here at Central, I want you to know things are going well here and things are going well over at our Central Campus. And remember, we're one church, multiple locations. It's one vision and just greater impact. And we're just really thankful for all that is going on here and there. And uh, we actually have three campuses because we consider our online campus as well. Actually, over the course of a weekend, several thousand people will join us for service by way of the Internet as well. So that's a pretty beautiful thing. So make sure you behave because your mom might be watching or something, so, all right. Hey, we're going to start a new series, a short series, but we're calling it Live to Give, and I want you to relax, okay, because, you know, great. No, you've already given, but we want to talk about this way more than giving. This is really about living, and uh, we want to share some important things with you today. In 2002, Rick Warren, who's pastor of uh, Saddleback Church in Orange County, California, He wrote a little book uh, called The Purpose Driven Life. Great book. I recommend it. It's had great impact uh, across all of our culture in a lot of uh, significant ways. Uh, It was at the top of the New York Times bestseller list for over 90 weeks and sold over 60 million copies. Uh, He made so much money off that book, he actually paid his church back for 22 years of salary. And now he makes a dollar a year from the church, and he and his wife are reverse tithers. They live on the 10%, and they give the 90. And so uh, somebody lives like that. Uh, hey, y'all, if I write a book, I hope that happens, don't you? <laughs> but when somebody lives like that, I, I pay attention to their, to their teaching as well. This incredible book, though, I just want to share with you the first sentence of the book, the first line of the book, the first four words of the book. And here we go, right here. Here it is. It's not about you. Come on, everybody read it. I know that hurts you. But I, I want to chime in with him. It's not about you. And it's not about me. And so in our quest for personal fulfillment, and to find some happiness and joy in our life, our culture has misguided us and tried to make us think that it is about us. And if we pursue things for us, we'll be happy, we'll be fulfilled. And it's not the case. It's not the case. It will always end up short. We're in a culture of never enough. And I want to tell you something, and it will never be enough. Because it guides us in wrong ways. And so it's not about us. Here's what it is about. It's about finding God's plan and God's purposes. And aligning ourselves with God, his plans, his purposes, guess what that's going to involve? It's going to involve others. Others. So it's not about you. Now, of course, you're included. I don't want you to be excluded. You're included. But this really has to do with God's plans, God's purposes, And that's going to include others. Now, 
um, my family came to know the Lord when I was in uh, sixth grade. And I don't know, the era that I kind of came up through church, and my church journey is a, a, a pretty varied one. Uh, but as I came up through, there were a whole lot of acrostics and, and acronyms. And some of them were cheesy. I don't want to break your hearts this morning, but how many of you know that sometimes Christians can be pretty cheesy? Well, for the rest of you, Christians can be pretty cheesy sometimes. Now, some of it, it seems like there were years where there's just so many of these acronyms and acrostics and so forth. I got a few of them for you. Bible, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. Fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. And there's, there's some good with this, you know. Grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. Ego, edging God out. Nuts, never underestimate the spirit. And I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Well, there's one that I remember, and this one's pretty meaningful here. And let me put it on the screen for you here. Joy, joy, J-O-Y, here it is. Jesus, others, you. And I think if we really want to find joy, and this totally aligns with what we're teaching today, I think it begins with Jesus. How many of you know he's the Prince of Peace? He's the God of all hope. He's the God of all joy. In his presence is joy, fullness of joy. And then others, a concern for others. And then, of course, we do have to take care of ourselves. But I think this order lends itself that we could find some joy in our lives. Now, let's look in John chapter 15. John chapter 15, Jesus is speaking. He says this, this is to my Father's glory. How many of you want the Father's glory? Seven, eight of you. That's good. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Go ahead to verse 11. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy, everybody say my joy, that your joy may be complete or full. And that's what we're looking for in this, you know, this quest for personal fulfillment and joy uh, in, in our lives. But I want you to see this, that what brings the Father glory, and that should be of concern for us, what actually glorifies him, what thrills him is that we bear much fruit. And we can kind of relate to that. How many of you remember back in like first grade or so, they give everybody a little Dixie cup and give you a bean and you put it in some sand, come on, some dirt. And that thing grew and what did, you were like, look at me, I'm a farmer, right? <laughs> Couldn't wait to show everybody your bean that was growing. Actually, you didn't do anything. You know, there's a system that kind of worked. But guess what? When, you're, when your tomato plant or your rose bush or whatever grows, I mean, you, you feel like, you know? And on a much more connected way, God is the, the farmer, the caretaker, the originator of it all. And uh, when we bear fruit, it brings him glory. And when we bear fruit, his joy is found in us, and we have fullness of joy. So, when we align ourselves with God, with his plans, with his purposes, which is going to include us being involved in the lives of others, it is going to produce within us 
fullness of joy, that your joy would be complete, that your joy would be full. We try to find that in other ways. We think, well, if, if I can go on this really super cool vacation, you know, or if I had lots of money, or if my team won the game. You know, we have all of these variables too. If I can win the showcase showdown. Hey, I'm not going to embarrass her today, but we actually have a lady. I'm trying to get her to do a little video thing. Actually, was on the prices Right and won the showcase showdown. Yeah, yeah. Now you think, well, if I did that, that's all I need in life. No, 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 because you're going to pay tax on that, and it's going to be spent and everything else, you know. It's going to be over before you know it. Something's going to break. Somebody's going to steal something, you know. And so our joy can't be found in all of those things. Our joy is complete. Our joy is full when we realize we're here for God. We're here for God, and we're here, consequently, for others. It's called transcendent living, that we go beyond ourselves. It is not just about us. You ready for this? We're here to make a difference. We're here to make a difference. I'm preaching better than y'all are listening. Okay. We're here to make a difference. It's hard for us sometimes to think about others because of what we might be going through. Yeah, sometimes because of our issues, you know, that would distract us. Did you know this? Pain makes us selfish. Pain makes us selfish. Remember that, uh, or just think about this. If, if a bunch of guys got together and they're going to play uh, basketball together and they're playing and they're all about the team until somebody rolls their ankle. And how many of you know that once you roll your ankle, you don't care about the team? You just care about relief. You know, take care of my pain. And, and we're like that in life, too, that as we have pain, as we have issues and so forth, it, we tend to become selfish. It's also hard for us to think about others because we're not naturally focused that way. Uh, you know this. You don't have to teach children to say, mine. <laughs> and the rest of our life, we're still trying to unlearn mine. That's why there's road rage. That's why old people fight in grocery stores. <laughs> Mine. And so we're not naturally kind of bent that way. The other reason it's hard for us to think of others is because we're not often directed toward it. And when we have been directed toward it, sometimes we don't trust the motivation of it. And here's the, here's the reality. We don't just drift we don't just drift into generosity. We have to be directed toward it. We have to be called toward generosity. The Bible speaks so much of this, and we'll see this over the next few weeks. But that's how you're going to really bring glory to God, and that is how you're going to find real joy in your life, is we live to give. And, and I'll, I'll put all of this in perspective for you. But this life of generosity, this life that is not just about me, but this life that is about making a difference in the lives of other people. Can you say amen today? We have a trend in our culture today, and I, I think it's good, but I think it's, it's not complete. And it would be this, is we want to know that there is an attached purpose with our purchase. So now it's a big thing that if you buy anything, we want to know that part of the proceeds go to help something, something. And I think that's good. But after a while, it's very, it comes, it falls short. 
And so, for example, I'm driving along the other day. I'm in traffic. I've got the radio on and uh, satellite radio. I've got that on. And a commercial comes on, and the guy starts talking about socks. And he says, and doesn't that irritating seam at the end of your socks bother you? And, and it's like I'm driving. I go, I think it does. <laughs> Well, our socks aren't like that. We make the best socks. He's the most comfortable. And if you buy our socks, we give socks to somebody else too. And then there's coffee you can buy and things you buy. And a portion of this is going to go help them and help these people in that country in this situation and, and all of those things. And, and where this falls short is sometimes it just soothes our conscience while we consume. So I think it's a great thing. I really do. I think that, you know, a portion of something that that adds some real purpose, that adds some real, you know, meaning to things. But let's not stop short there and say, I'm helping all the world. And I got comfortable socks. You know, because still we're pretty much, it's about me and it soothes me a little bit to know it might be helping somebody else. I think we can go further than that. I think we can do better than that. Can the church say amen today? So let's look at our goal, our goal as a, as a church of what type of people are, are we trying to become. And uh, let's look right here, and this is familiar with all of us. Go ahead and put it up if you would. High school football. Now, H-S-F-B-B-G. Let's break it down. Help me out here. Happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. Stop right there. Stop right there. How many of you want to be happy? That made me happy. And maybe, you know, you won't stay happy if you're not stable. Y'all ever heard of this? Wide mood swings. Happy, stable. These go together, and then you can become fruitful. And then the result of that really is you're blessed. Why? Come on, go ahead with the next one. So we can what? So it can be a blessing. And when we're being a blessing, what does that ultimately do? Brings glory to God. So these four right here, happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, all that is for, listen, that's for you. That's good. That's awesome. But all of this lends itself toward you being a blessing. You're blessed so you can be a blessing. You're not blessed so you can just say, I'm blessed. You're blessed so you can be a blessing. God told Abraham back in Genesis 12, he said, I will bless you and make you a blessing. And so the purpose of being blessed is so that we can be a blessing. And ultimately, that's what brings glory to God. And when we bring glory to God, his joy will be in us and our joy will be made full. Amen. We're blessed so that. We can be a blessing. And we have to be reminded that we're not just blessed so we can be blessed. Because again, human nature, we gravitate toward self, toward self. Look with me in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. The apostle Paul's writing to a young pastor named Timothy. And he says, command those. So, you know, a lot of books of the Bible are written to people. This is written to a leader, to a pastor. And he's telling him some things he needs to tell the people. And he says, command them. Command those who are rich in this world. Now, some of you just opted out because you said, oh, good, I'm not rich. I don't have to listen for a while. We'll come back to this. 
Command those who are rich in this present world, indicating there's not only this present world, guess what? There's the world to come. And we'll talk about that. Not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Let's stop right there just for a second. It says, command those that are rich. And you might have said, well, I'm not rich. And that is a relative term, okay? That's a relative term. Uh, Actually, you're rich. You're rich. You are. Now, hold on. Our world misuses that, and in some sectors of church world, that is misused. Well, let's put this in perspective here. God wants you to be, one of the uh, King James Version word for this is you're fat. Don't be offended. But you're, you're rich, you're full. And here, just to prove it to you, most of the world, most of the world lives on less than $7 a day. And many of them live on less than $3 a day. And if you make $40,000 a year, you're in the top 1% to 2% of earners in the world. You're rich. Got real quiet. You're rich. And I am to command you that are rich in this world. Don't be arrogant. Don't put your hope in wealth. That's so uncertain. I mean, you know, there's some mansions that blew away up up in the panhandle. But to put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And I just want to prove to you a little bit further that you're rich because you have rich people problems. We have first world problems. Here's a a few of them. Uh, You might say this. Gee, the Wi-Fi on this airplane sure is slow. As you fly in an airplane in the air with your smartphone and your computer. Bless your heart. Some of you say this, I'm going to need a vacation after my vacation. (laughs) Or I had to wait 30 minutes for a table at the restaurant, and then they cooked my steak a little more well than I like. Are you ready for this? going to get real close. You have a room that your clothes live in. Your clothes has its own room. And some of you went into that room this morning and said this, I don't have... Okay. Hey, this is not about guilt. Guilt is not a productive emotion. It's not a good motivator. God doesn't want you guilty. Listen, he wants you responsible. He doesn't want you guilty. He wants responsible. Now, look with me in verse 18. Let's go there. Verse 18. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Let's go ahead and look in verse 19. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, for the world that is to come, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. And so you're blessed, and in 
In context here, you're, you're rich and you're to do good and you're to be rich in good works. Come on, church. And you're to be generous and you're to be willing to share. And I want to just refer back to something in verse 17. It says that he's given us everything for our enjoyment. He's given to us richly everything to enjoy. There's some teachings out there that want you to have nothing. And there's some teachings out there that want you to have everything. I say, standing on Scripture, both are wrong. God is a good heavenly Father, and He takes good care of His kids. But what God has given to you is not all for you. He has given you things to enjoy. You should enjoy your clothes. You might want to give some of them away. (laughs) You should enjoy meals. You should take good care of your stuff. Trips are fine. That's, That's good. Enjoy those things. Keep it in balance in your life and enjoy. The other day, Alicia and I, um, I told her, I said, I feel like ice cream. And we try to eat really, really healthy. And I don't know why. This is one of my questions for God. Why can't the things that taste good be good? <laughs> so she said, well, let's, let's go get some ice cream. So we did. Come on, get a good amen. <laughs> so so we, we did. And I got a medium. I wanted a large. I should have got a small. But I'm eating it, and then I started saying something about, ah, well, tomorrow we're going to do better. And I'm eating it, and she said she'd read this somewhere. If you're going to do it, enjoy it. So I went back and got a large. No, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't. I did it. But listen, God has blessed your life. Come on, anybody here blessed? And you should enjoy. You should enjoy. But remember that what God has given to you is not all for you. And that's the balance that we have to find here. In Luke chapter 12, verse 48, it says this. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much even more will be required. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11 says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And so the goal here is so that you can be generous, so that you can be generous. Now, Let me put this up for you. I've been teaching this for a number of years. When you make it your business to be generous, God will make sure you will always be able to be generous. When you make it, read it with me. When you make it your business to be generous, God will make sure that you will always be able to be generous. We're blessed so that we can be a blessing. But listen, when you give that, when you understand I'm blessed, And it's not just so I can say I'm blessed. I'm blessed, period. But I'm blessed so that I can be a blessing. What happens when you become a blessing? What happens then? You get blessed. And then you understand that's so I can be a blessing. And you end up in what I call the cycle 
a blessing. Look, look at this in Proverbs. Go ahead, Proverbs 11. There's one who scatters yet increases more, and there's one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Watch this. The generous soul will be made rich. And listen, keep that word rich in context. Don't you dare walk out of here. And pastor was teaching on how we could all be rich today. Make sure they hear the whole message, okay? The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Look at it in the message paraphrase. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. It is the cycle of blessing that goes on and on. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, it says, You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed. It's not more natural. It's not more easy. But it is more blessed. Now, I want you to get this, okay? This is my goal today. My assignment today is for you to get this. That you are, in fact, blessed. There's an old song of the church that says, Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. But we live in this competitive, comparative culture. Well, I don't, want the, I don't have what they have, and look what they just got. And they got a new car, and she got new nails, and, 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 we, and we got all this going on. And it is a culture, listen, it's a culture of never enough. And I don't care if you ever got it all, it will never be enough. And our culture is so focused on the rich and the famous and the celebrities and I'm tell you what, if you get up close to their life, if they don't have Jesus in their life, there's great big voids in their life. And they might have more money than they know what to do with, and more money than all of us could, uh, all of us could help them spend it. And it wouldn't even affect their, their bottom line. But I'm telling you what, money doesn't do it. Fame doesn't do it. Possessions, trips, people you know, that does not do it. It all comes down to connection with the living God, a heavenly father. And then you align your life and you realize my life is not just here so I can get stuff and do cool things and have cool things and hang out with cool people. You know, that's not what life is about. My life is about the one who created me, that I align my life with him. Find out his plans. Find out his purposes. And I'll tell you what, he will bless your life so you can be a blessing. What you need to walk out of here today knowing is this, I am blessed. Say it with me. I am blessed. And, and still, there might be some people, well, I don't, I'm not blessed because I'm thinking about so-and-so and my neighbor and my brother. And, and they got what, it, this has nothing to do with anybody else. Nothing to, at the end of the Gospel of John, Jesus and Peter are having a talk, and, and I think the context carries for us here. And Peter said, but what, what about him? And Jesus said, what's that to you? So this is between me and God. This is between you and God. And I'm going to tell you what, and I'm just looking today. 
You're blessed. Say it again. Say, I'm blessed. I notice you're all clothed. Or at least everyone I noticed was clothed. And you all look fed. And you got here somehow. You're upright today. We have lights on. I mean, we go on and on and on and on. We're blessed. Say it again, I'm blessed. I don't care what your house looks like compared to somebody else's house. And as a believer, you should take good care of your stuff, okay? That's part of stewardship. But you're blessed. Why are you blessed? Don't answer. Why are you blessed? Let me tell you the first reason. Because of your heavenly Father. Your heavenly Father knows how to take good care of his kids. Amen. You're blessed because your heavenly Father watches out for you. And how many of you know that you're not blessed because you deserved it all? I want to do that one again. How many of you know that you're not blessed just because you deserve it all? You know, it's a, you know it. You're blessed because your heavenly Father is good to his kids. But realize this. You're also blessed so that you can be a blessing. Realize again that everything that God has given to you is not just for you. And when a person understands this, I'm blessed, I'm blessed by God, he's my heavenly father, that's why I'm blessed, and I'm blessed so that I can be a blessing. I tell you what, you are now on the track for fullness of joy, fulfillment in your life. You'll live in that cycle of blessing, and you will glorify the Father. Amen? Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? All right. Thank you, Lord. Let's do this. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Please no moving about just these last few moments. Hey, I want you to hear this. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And God's not the one who condemns. If you don't believe, you're condemned already, the scripture says. Our sin, our failure, our shortcomings separated us from a loving God. And God so loved us, he sent his son to pay the price of our sin debt that we had created to build a bridge back so that you and I could have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. So when we talk about accepting Jesus, receiving Jesus, you're accepting not only Him but what He has done, the work that He did so that you could be reconciled, so you could be back in relationship with your Heavenly Father. And if you've never received, accepted Jesus before in His completed work, I want to lead us all in a prayer in a moment, and you can use that prayer to receive Jesus into your life. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll give you a home in heaven forever. He will help you in this life. 
Others of you, maybe you have a relationship with the Lord, but you'd say, you know, things just aren't right with me and the Lord right now. Use this prayer as well to get things right with the Lord today. And if you're here this morning and all is well between you and your heavenly Father, just pray this prayer strong with the rest of us and just reaffirm it today. Everybody, let's pray this together right now. Father God, I come to you now in Jesus' name. Jesus who loves me gave himself for me. Lord, I love you and I give myself to you. I ask you right now, come into my heart, come into my life, be my savior and be my Lord. And by the blood of Jesus, shed for me, forgive me right now of every sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Make me brand new and set me free. Now fill me with your peace, with your joy, with the Holy Spirit, and with the assurance you'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. And I thank you now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord for that today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, if you will, just stay put just for a second. Pastor Ryan's going to come as host pastor. Pastor Sean's doing this over at the East Campus right now. Going to share just a couple of important things with you before you leave. It's been a great morning. I love you. Have a great day. Pastor Ryan. Hey, if today you made that commitment to follow Jesus for the first time, I want to tell you what our commitment is to you. We want to help you move from where you are to where God wants you to be. And the way that you can help us do that is by filling out this green card located in the seat back in front of you. If you just fill it out, take it to one of our ushers or our guest services, this will let us get some information to you to help you on that path. And then if today was your first time, we have our connection card. This will entitle you to a free drink from our cafe, anything you want. If you just fill this out, drop it off at one of our VIP areas located on either entrance, and uh, we will get you that drink from our cafe. And then just a reminder, the stuff that we heard today from Pastor Tim, this is something that we want to put and apply to our lives. So we have small groups. We take this information, cut it up into bite-sized pieces. You can get into a home with some of our other small group attendees and process and apply this stuff to your life. You can visit the small group hub located right outside that door. And then if you need prayer for anything, if you're, uh, if you're sick, if you need prayer for finances, whatever, come up at the end of the service right now and we'll have people located up here ready to pray with you. Thank you and have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.